All right, let's go to the book of Acts, chapter number 28. We want to be looking at verse number 18. That's going to be our verse. We're coming up. Acts chapter number 28, 26 and verse 18. Thank you. That's what I like. Thank you very much. Acts chapter number 26 and verse number 18 is where we're going to get our word today. And I, I, like I said before, I'm going to have to stay who I was this morning. I'm not going to be able to go any further until I finish that now. I mean, God just showed me a lot of stuff here, uh, which I'm, a, I'm grateful I mean, you got a double bear coming. All right, from the book of Acts, let's look at uh, chapter number 26. And we want to go down to verse number 18. Just one verse. This is going to be Paul's mission. Remember, we were talking about Paul's ministry. This is his mission. Uh, verse number 18 said, To open their eyes, turn them from darkness to light, turning from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sin and inheritance among them also, which are sanctified by faith that is in me. All right, must be the gum. <clears throat> Thank you very much. Paul said, well, unto O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Now, we're going to pray. We're going to come to your camera. All right, you're the busy man in my block today. Okay. All right, we're going to pray. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you now for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for your precious blood. We thank you for your word. You have given us your word in this house. So we give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. Thank you for your wisdom and your knowledge and understanding that you have given unto us. Thank you for the revelation of your word that you have given unto us through your apostle Paul. And we give you all the praise and the glory for your word. And Lord, help us to be obedient to your word in the precious blood of our Lord Jesus. All the great that prayer Amen. All right, you can be seated. Thank you all so very much for coming. Uh, I, I, I just appreciate that so much. Uh, I'm ministering in a, in, a, in a message in this house. And what I'm doing is I'm, I'm teaching you what Paul taught the church. Uh, now, I'm dealing with it. It's called the Apostle Paul Ministry. And I'm teaching you this because uh, as he was teaching the church, these churches, uh, Gentile churches, I mean, he taught them all. I mean, he taught Jewish churches, Gentile churches. Uh, but we want to rightly divide the word. Now, last time I went to that verse because I want to do that today. And you've got to be able to do this to study the word. Uh, let's go to it, 2 Timothy 2.15. 2 Timothy 2.15. This is something that you have to always understand when you study the word. Everything in the word is not to the Gentiles. Something God is talking to the church of God. And you got to be able to know that. 2 Timothy chapter 2 uh, and verse number 15. When you get there, just say amen. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 50. It's always on the screen. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Do you notice it says the word of truth? I want you to underline that in your Bible. Rightly dividing the word of truth. All right? That lets me know he's not talking about nothing else. Only Paul preached the word of truth. All right, so we'll go to that in the book of Ephesians, chapter 1. We'll go to the book of Ephesians, uh, chapter number 1. From Ephesians, chapter number 1. Let's go to that now. Ephesians, chapter number 1. While we got Minister Hayes, let's give him a big hand for that. He, he keeps changing those things out there so you'll be able to get a photo out. You know, by getting a photo op, let's give him a big hand. Minister Hayes, thank you so very much. All right, all of you, make sure you get a photo op and put it on, on your Facebook. All right, make us popular. All right. all right. Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 13. It said, in whom you also trusted, after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after you believe, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, 
which is the earnest of our inheritance unto the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. How many understood that he's talking about the word of truth? The word of truth is the gospel of your salvation. How many just heard that? Thank you very much. Now I need you who say something to say it loud so you'll say it for everybody in the church. All right. Help out to all the people who won't say it. All right. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. Your champion. He's, he's your champion, right? All right. Now I know we got loud last night. We just about won that game. Praise the Lord. But anyway. All right. Let's go to work. Now let's go back to the book of Galatians, chapter number six. In the book of Galatians, chapter 6, uh, let me give you my shepherd today. Galatians, chapter 6. And I want to go down and read verse number. Well, we'll start verse 1. We're going to be teaching on at least the first 10 verses. Now, I'm going to be showing you two different things. As a matter of fact, today I'm talking about sowing and reaping. Now, most people hear sowing and reaping, the first thing they think about is, Money, 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 money. Pastor wants some money. Because he's talking about sowing. He's not talking about sowing and reaping. Not. That's the whole thing about people. They talk about sowing and reaping. They think money. God is not talking money when he talks sowing and reaping. And I'm going to show you that in the word of God. Now, he did talk about finances when he talked about uh, cheerful giving. But he was not talking about as a sowing and a reaping mentality. All right, most people think it's what it means. It does not. I was asked this uh, some time ago. What do you think about sowing and reaping? And I did not answer because I had not done my homework. Well, I've done my homework now, and I'm ready to give an answer. All right, the Bible says you got to be ready to give an answer every man asks of you. You don't just answer because you think you know. You mess up a lot of people's lives like that. Amen? All right, but see, when I say something, you can go to the book. I'm ready. I'm, when I say something, I'm ministering this. I know this now. All right. So let's go to the word. Uh, let's go to Galatians chapter number six. And let's do two verses in the King James Version. And then we're going to do the same two verses in the NLT Version. All right. Galatians chapter six, one and two on the screen. It says, brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual. Somebody says spiritual. All right, now for this morning, we already made note what it is, it's mature Christians. All right, since you don't know what spirit is, you want to put by in your Bible, mature Christians. All right, brethren, if any man be overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual, restore, restore. That word restore, the same word as reconcile, bring him back into the favor and the grace of God. All right, he said, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. Then he said, considering thyself lest thou also be tempted, all right? So when a person tempted and he fall or do something he should not do, don't dump him. Don't, don't use him for your morning breakfast. Verse number two, then he says, bear one another burden, bear one another burden, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Now, I'm gonna, I want to show you that because I want to show you what that means. Bear one another burden has to do with how you treat one another. All right? So sowing and reaping was the way the Jews were saved. Sowing and reaping was what? It was how the Jewish believer was saved, by sowing and reaping. How they lived their life, sowing and reaping. How you live your life, is it in the flesh or is it in the spirit? That's sowing and reaping. All right? Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you that a couple places so you can understand it's talking about the way you live because we're getting ready to go to work in this house. And we got to understand because how you live your life, when you find out he's not talking to us, then he's going to show you that Christ's coming is connected to that. Also, judgment was connected to that. See, those are kinds of things already happened and they happened to the Jewish believer during that time right after Christ. So people are thinking today, Christ's still coming. When you hear this message, you're going to understand he wasn't talking to us. See, that's what I mean by rightly dividing the word of truth. You see, they are, they are, Paul was speaking to the Jewish believers some places. Some places, Paul was talking to the Gentiles. And we got to know when he was, because you had the Grecians and you had the, uh, the Jews. 
All right, so let's, let's go to work. So we saw the word, you ought to put down the word, fulfill the law of Christ. That's the first thing you need to do. So we can be able to show you what does it mean to fulfill the, the law of Christ. Then I also want to show you in the word that the Jews were saved, Israel, when I say the Jews, the Israel that day, they were saved by works. Now, and I'm going to show you their works. And then I'm going to show you, you are not saved by your works. But once you're saved, you ought to do good works. All right? So all these works I'm talking about, we ought to do once we get saved, but we're not saved by them. How many understand what I'm saying? All right. So we're going to be, look, we're going to be looking at that. So uh, let's go down to verse 7, verse 7 and 8. Now start at verse 6. We're in Galatians chapter 6, verse 6, 7, and 8. All right. So Paul says, let him that is taught in the word, that's you, communicate unto him, that's me, that teaches in all good things. Now let's read that same thing, not now, but after we do verse 7 and 8. He's talking about how to treat the man of God. All right. Now, I'm not saying this because I need some from you. I'm teaching you because you need to know. All right? So I'm going to show you when, 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 when I go back to, to Matthew chapter 25, Jesus told them the way you treated my apostles is the way you treated me. My point is we, we, we don't know how to treat a man of God. I'm not saying that. Maybe I, I, I probably am responsible for a lot of that because because of me. I'm a giver in this house too. So, but you have to be taught how to treat a man of God. I won't be with you always. So you got to learn how to treat a man of God and his wife. All right? Now, my point is this here. We're going to learn how they treated Jesus' disciples because he sent them. And because he sent them, they represented him. See, the pastor, God said in our teaching, I, we gave us apostles and prophets, evangelists and pastors and teachers for the perfection of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith. So we have to know that God gave your pastor to you. So you have to know how to treat a man of God. Just like when God gave you a wife, when God gave you a husband, you got to know how to treat them. If you don't know how to treat them, then you would abuse. Whatever you have, and you don't know how to take care of how to treat, you would abuse it. All right, so that's why I got to teach you, okay? Uh, now, let's go to work. Once again, I'm not here to get anything. I'm here to teach you the word, and the Lord will show you how to live. All right, now let's go to verse 7. I won't even read that out of the NLT. Let's go to verse 7. Be not deceived. We're still in the King James. God is not mocked. When the Bible says God not mocked, mean he's already told them that before. God not mocked for whatsoever a man soweth. So he's not talking about money. That shall he also reap. Then the next verse is going to tell you he's not talking about money. For he that soweth to his flesh so we got to find out what this word soweth means, because really it means live after, living after, or living in. All right? For he that living in his flesh shall of his flesh reap corruption. So if you live your life in the flesh, and I don't need God, I don't need his spirit, I don't have to do things his way. I do it my way. You're living after the flesh. So he says, be not deceived, God not mocked. Whoever, whatever man soweth, that shall he also reap. See, if you, if you live after the flesh, you're going to reap the corruption and the judgment of the flesh. Then in verse number 8, it says, For he that soweth to his flesh, and of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit. So if you live your life in the Spirit and make sure you're in the Spirit, then you will reap. But he that soweth to his spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. 
So you are seeing you're going to, these guys are going to reap life. I'm going to show you in the word that they reaped life. That's how they got life. You inherited. You didn't reap anything. So you got to understand something. That's why I want you to listen. <laughs> I'm letting you know these people I'm talking about right now, but not you. I'm going to get to yours. Then you'll have your, all your time to say, because I'm going to start off to showing you why people in the church never have nothing. See, that's a part of your message. Why folks don't have nothing? The Bible told you, because they don't give nothing. Oh, Lord. See, that's going to be your message. I'm going to show you why people don't have nothing. I'm, the Bible plainly told you that in the Word. The reason why people in the church don't have nothing, because they don't give nothing. So you don't want that today. Let me finish this right now. Okay. So let me show you right now why you still live with mama. We'll get to that later on. Or a big sister or somebody. They ain't got your own yet. So just chill, chill out. Just chill out. See, we, see, the word of God is going to explain everything to it. But right now, let's do sowing and reaping. This is for Israel. Is that all right? Give the Lord a big hand. You don't have to worry. You can relax. You can relax. I'm not on you today. All right. Now, I gave you a lot of things this morning. Now, let's go to Matthew, because I got to get that out the way. Sowing and reaping. Let me give you another verse on sowing and reaping so I don't have to come back. And that's Romans 8.13. Let's go to Romans 8.13. Sowing and reaping. Now, once... Once I do this, never ask me again about sowing and reaping. I'm talking about for is money. What do I think? I'm giving you the answer right now. You can't sow money. See, you ought to know that. If you don't think so, go out in the yard and put it in the ground. Tell me where you put it. <laughs> uh, just tell me where you put it, and then I go dig it up go to the store. And matter of fact, please put a lot in there if I'm gonna make the trip. At least, at least give me enough for gas, okay? <laughs> Romans chapter 8. When you get there, say amen. amen. Romans chapter 8, verse number 13. Are you there? All right, I'm gonna read 12 and 13 together. He said, Therefore, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh. We don't owe the flesh anything to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, see, this is what Galatians 6 is telling you in verse 7 and 8. If you live after the flesh, you shall die. Why? Because, but if you through the Spirit do mortify, that word mortify means put to death, the deeds of the body, you shall live. So they, they had to do this. They had to, all those things in the flesh, they had to put them to death. And then they will live. All right. So let's go to work here because this is, this is serious stuff. Like I said, God gave me this yesterday and today. You know what I mean? Today I really saw it this morning. Early service. That early time you with God is awesome, boy. All right. Now, let's go to Matthew 25. Jesus taught this in Matthew. So you got to understand, whatever Jesus taught in the word, Paul gave you the revelation of. So in Matthew chapter number, I'm going to come to this camera right here. Matthew 25 and verse 31. Matthew 25, 31. Now he's going to give you two group of people in Israel. Somebody said they're all in Israel. All right. And they're called the sheep and the goat. Somebody said sheep and the goat. All right. So sheep and the goat never talk about us. God never talk about us as sheep and goat. All right, just always remember that. Don't pick no scripture out and say, yeah, you goats. You, that, that's not for people today. All right. Now, here it is. Verse 31. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory. So it's going to also let you know that the Son of Man is already coming. This message is going to let you know that. When the Son of Man come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit on the throne of his glory and before him, and before him shall be gathered all nations. Now I gave you that this morning. 
the nation were the children of Israel. They had 12 nations. All right, you go back to Abraham, Genesis 17 and 4, and you see God gave Abraham 12 nations. And, be, and before him shall, all, shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them. Talking about his 144,000. He shall separate them, the that's why he separated them, from another, as the sheep divided his sheep from the goat, as the shepherd divided his sheep from the goat. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats he's going to be on his left hand. So let's look at what was happening. Verse 34. Then shall the king say to them on his right hand, the sheep, come, you sheep, you blessed are my father, he called his sheep, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. What did he say to them? Come, come. Now when I get to the goats, he's going to say depart. That's what he said to goats. All right, then in verse 35, I was hungry. Now listen when he tell you how they were saved. How they receive eternal life. This is not your covenant. You're not saved by works. So this is what it means when the Bible says you are not saved by works. Otherwise, because you did something for me or you did something for somebody. That's not how you're saved. Those are works. Those are the works of Israel. Now you ought to do those things, but it's not your salvation. Verse 34. Then he said to the, the king, said, said to them on his right hand, Come, you blessed my father, and have the kingdom prepare for you from the foundation of the world for I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty you gave me drink. I was a stranger you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous shall say to him, Lord, when do we see you a hungry and fed you or thirsty and gave you drink? When we saw you a stranger and took you in or naked and clothed you or when saw we, you are sick in prison and, and then we came to you? The king shall answer and say to them, Verily I say to you, and as much as you have done it to one of the least of these my brethren. You want to write down the gospel of John, uh, Matthew chapter 10. We go there next. Matthew chapter 10, we go there next. We're going to see who they were that he's talking about. If you've done it to these the least of my brothers, you've done it to me. We're going to see who that is. Then in verse 41, then shall he say to them on the left hand, depart, somebody said that's the goats. Okay, you who, who going to say some? say it loud so you can make it for everybody else. Say that's the goats. All right. Then shall he say also to them on the left hand, depart from me, you cursed. That's what he said to the goats. Now one of the reasons why he used the word cursed because they didn't give nobody nothing. Remember, if I go back to, the, to, the, uh, to Malachi, he told them, you are cursed with a curse, remember? You have robbed me, all you this nation, Malachi 3.10. It's not talking to you. They had to pay their time. They didn't pay their time, they robbed God. People today don't have to pay time, they still rob God. I ain't talking about you. Let's move on. For I was hungry. Now watch what he says. I was hungry and you gave me no, no meat. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger. You took me not in. I was naked and you didn't give me any clothes. Yeah, I was sick and I was in prison. You didn't even come visit me. And then they're going to say to him, Lord, when have we seen you? Hungered, a thirst, stranger, naked, sick, prison, and did not minister to you. Then shall he answer and say to them, Verily, verily, I say to you, inasmuch as you did not to the least of one of these, my brother, you did it not to me. And these shall go away in the everlasting condemnation and punishment, but the righteous unto eternal life. Now, why did, the, why did the, some get eternal life and some get eternal death? It's because the way they treated the people. Well, let's find out who these people were, shall we? Go to Matthew chapter 10. Oh, hallelujah. Matthew chapter 10. We're going to show you how they got their rewards. Matthew chapter 10. In Matthew chapter 10 and verse number 1. Now, I'm not going to use that, verse number 1. We're going to go to verse 5. Don't have the time. Matthew chapter 10 and verse number 5. Are you there? 
In Matthew 10 and 5, these 12, Jesus sent forth. Now, these were the one. If you, whatever you did to the least of these, my brethren, he's talking about the prophets, the apostles, you did it to me. Because these are the one he sent out. That's why he told Israel. He told Israel, I sent to you prophets. You killed them. He sent his 12 disciples out and told them, don't take nothing with them. Because the people you're going to is Israel and they are the ones supposed to keep the law. The law of Christ. Because he gave them a law of Christ in John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35. I'm not going back there. This is the law of Christ, that you love one another, that I have loved you. Now, love your neighbor as yourself. They had to love their neighbor they said. So when I show you that, they didn't do it. And they didn't realize what they were going to be doing is going to be for their own life. Now, they already broke God's law, the law of Moses. See, you had the law of Moses, then you had the law of Christ. Now it was the law of Christ. This was the law Christ gave them. He didn't give you no law. Uh, hold your finger there. Let me show you in John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35. Put Mark in your Bible. Always you see something you never knew, mark in your Bible. John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35. A new commandment. Now, this is what Jesus told. A new commandment I give you. But remember, he fulfilled the old commandment. That, that was in Luke chapter 24, verse 44. He already fulfilled the old commandment. He fulfilled the law, fulfilled the law of Moses. He fulfilled the prophets, and he also fulfilled the psalm. That's Luke 24, 44. Make sure you go to that. And now here he tells them, I give you a new commandment. Verse 34 says, a new commandment I give you that you love one another as I have loved you. Now remember, they had to, lay, to love one another as I love you. They had to lay down their life for their brothers. That's very important. Because they, ha they had to even die for one another. You remember, Jesus was their brother. See, and they, were, they kept telling him, he, I love you, Lord, but they were not going to lay down their life for him. They denied him. When they came to him to talk about Jesus, even Peter, Peter said, I never deny you. Jesus said, before the cock crows, you're going to deny three times that you know me. See, they denied Jesus, but they did it through their everyday brothers. And that's why he told them that. That's why Peter went out and wept. All right. Here is a new commandment I give you that you love one another as I have loved you. But that you also love one another. By this shall all men know whether you are my disciples if you have loved one to another. Now that's what they had to do. Now we in the church, we are saying, oh yeah, I love one another. Listen, you're not in the, even in the category because you're not going to lay down your life for nobody in the church. So no need to lie. Sit down. Shut up. All right. Let's move on. You get people all about, yeah, you know me. I, no, you ain't going to die for nobody. No need to lie. Come down. They let you stay in that jail for a few days before you have to die. They're going to be like, you know what? Uh, uh, can I change my mind? Can I, uh, uh, can I get out of here now? So no need to say that. It's not for us today. All right. Now, let's go over now to Matthew chapter number 10, verse 5. Let's see who they were. All right. These 12, Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, watch this. Go not in the way of the Gentiles, or in the Samaritans, or to the Samaritans, don't enter into. But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach the kingdom of heaven, preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Watch this. Heal their sick, cleanse their leper, raise their dead. And all this is free. All this is free. All they had to do was feed, the home, feed them when they're hungry, clothe them when they're naked, visit them. In, all they do is just everyday stuff. God's going to give them all this free. Heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out the devil. Freely, you have received, freely give. They would go out and freely do all of that to everybody. But when it came down to night, they wouldn't do nothing for them. The 12 men God had chosen. See, that's what, what God is showing us to them is how they treat their leader. 
I love you, Jesus. You do. But do you love Pastor Crump? See, the way you treat your pastor is the way you treat Jesus. That's what he's trying to let you know. The way you treat your first lady is the way you treat the Lord. I'm not trying to get nothing. Not going to take up no offering. Not for, you, not for me anyway. All right. Now watch what he's telling me to do. Matthew chapter number 10. Watch what he told me. You do all this freely for the people. Don't charge them a dime. Verse 9. Provide me the gold. Don't take nothing with you. Don't take no gold with you. Don't take no silver with you. Don't take no brag with you in your purses. Don't take no money in your purses. Don't take no script. Don't take no journey. Don't take no coat, two coats. Don't take no shoes. Don't take no stay. For the work was it worthy of his meat or worthy of his hire. Otherwise, the people you are going to are supposed to take care of you. Somebody clap their hands. I think you're learning something. Now, under the law, under the law, that's what they did. The people took care of Levite. The Levite didn't work. So when Peter, James, and John first started their ministry, in, in the book of Acts, they said it this way. We must give ourselves to the word of God and prayer. All right, watch this. Verse 11. And into whatsoever city or town that you come and enter into, you inquire, watch this, who's worthy. And they abide till you go home. Stay there till you go home. And when you come into a house and salute it, if the house be worthy, or they receive you, let your peace come upon that house. But if they're not worthy, they don't receive you, let your peace return to you. And whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear your words, when you depart out of that house or city, you shake off the dust of your feet. Verily I said to you, it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. So these people received their judgment and condemnation because the way they treated the Lord's apostles. Isn't that something? All right. Now, let me go show you this in Ephesians chapter 2. This is where I left off this morning. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8, told you by grace you are saved. Let's start verse 8. Now, you are born of the Spirit. If you have the Spirit, you ought to have good works. You're not saved by works. But if you got the Spirit, you ought to have good works. That's why you need the fruit of the Spirit. How you're going to treat people. How to edify people. How to pray for people. How to do for people. All right? God, should, you should be a cheerful giver, which is my next part of this whenever I get there. All right. Here we go. Uh, in Ephesians 2 and 8. For by grace are you saved through faith that's not of yourself. It's the gift of God. So God has given you your salvation free. Don't have to work for it. Don't have to do nothing for it. It was just like heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out devil, whatever they need. It's freely given. Whatever you have, freely give to them. Sent out, he sent them out to give to the people. And all they had to do is if they was hungry, feed them. If they was naked, give them some clothes. If they didn't have the way to stay, they say you can stay in here for a night. See, all, all those kind of things, everyday things. How you treat people is how they earn their salvation. That was their works. You don't do that to earn your salvation, but since you are saved, then you ought to do something for people. That's all he's talking about. All right, so Ephesians chapter 2, verse 9 told you, you're not saved by work, not a work, because any man should both. We are, but it's going to come back in verse 10, say we are his workmanship. We are created in Christ Jesus, watch this, unto good works. We are created in Christ Jesus to do good works. I, I never forget my mom, especially my, and a lot of you can remember this when, when your parents growing up, when she fixed food, she fixed food for everybody, anybody, and everybody. I mean, if they, they would come over our house when we weren't even at home and eat. 
Because our door, they know how to get in our door. We have like a little farm. They just flip that thing up, go in there and say, Marlene, did you cook anything? Marlene, I already been by your house and ate. That's how people treated us. And when, when you saw people whose heart wasn't right, and you be at their house playing ball, now I know that stuff don't happen today. Sister Crump, it don't happen today now. And you all, their, their kids are their house playing ball, they'll say to their kids, Cause I ain't got enough to feed all them kids out there. You come on around, come on around through this way and come in the house. Now you sit down and eat. And when you get through eating, you go out there and play with them other boys. That's wrong. If you don't have enough for your children, you should not have called him in to feed him when he got company. If you're going to feed him, just wait till they leave. Just say, wait till your company leave, then you come in and eat. But it ain't right. For me to be there with your, with your children playing and you call him in the other door and let him eat and then come back out and play with me. That make me, if I knew that, I'm going like, what you did, what? And you get up, hallelujah, hallelujah. That was the Lord that you wouldn't help. See, so that's why you got to understand when you started fixing food as a family, Stop acting like you only got so many kids. You don't know who is going to be coming to dinner. Listen, I'm, I, know, I know this here for a fact. There are some people in here, I won't call their name, but my, I just use my mother, for example. See? And I got folk in this church fixing me food all the time. I don't come out here and tell them because I don't want you to go fix me nothing. You may not know how to cook. I'm going to get to that next week. No, no, I'm serious. But I'm, gonna, I'm serious. I'm going to get to that next week. I'm, everybody have their own special gift of God. And I'm going to show you everybody don't have the same gift. You may not be gifted to cook. Everybody have their own gift of God. So if you're not, if you, listen, don't go out and just, I'm going to fix Pastor Crumb something. Don't, don't go do me like that. Then you get mad. You ate it yet? <laughs> Let them that cook, cook. Let them that, you know, they got their own gift, okay? All right, the Lord, let's wait on the Lord for that. Okay. I don't go fish, you know, plate, come and say, I fixed it for you. You'll be like, Pastor Crump, you cooked that? Yeah, I'm going to let you know I'm not going to eat it. I'm let you know ahead of time. All right. In, anyway, praise the Lord. All right, now we're going to go look at the rewards because I want to show you that it's very important. Let's, let's go to uh, Matthew. I gave you Matthew 25. But did I show you the last verse 37? Let's go there. I need to show you that right quick because I'm getting ready to take you to somewhere. I want to show you the reward. I'm showing you that you was not rewarded. There are a lot of people think that they receive their rewards. You know, they think that that's how they're going to do it at the last day. They don't get reward. You, how many ever heard people in church tell you they're going to get their reward? Y'all, the one raise your hand about throw something out there at your hand. You've heard people tell them when they die, they're going to get their reward. You're not, they're not going to get no reward. That's Old Testament. So please learn what you can learn in here so you can go tell other folks who wrong. Don't go trying to straight out everybody. I already told you that. Don't, don't do that. All right, I just showed you the ones on the left hand. But I want to go down there and show you how they were, in verse 46, this is what I want to show you. They shall go away the everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. Life eternal is going to be their reward. That's my point. All right. Now, I want, I want to show you that in, in 2 Peter 2.13. Let's go to that first. Let's go to 2 Peter. Now, I got some notes out there that I haven't covered. You get ready for those, because I want to do all that before I end. 2 Peter 2.13. And so you have to understand. Remember, Peter wrote to the church of God also. 2 Peter 2.13. John wrote to the, them also. 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse number 13. Watch what Peter going to talk about. Uh, in verse 12 he said, But these are natural brute beasts made to be taken and destroyed, speak evil of the thing that they understand not, and shall utterly be punished in their own corruption. Now, verse 13, and shall receive the reward of unrighteousness. See, that's what they're going to receive because they're on the goats. 
as they that count it pleasure to ride in the daytime, spots they are, he called them, and blemishes sporting themselves with their own deceiving while they feast with you, Paul said. I mean, Peter says, having eyes full of adultery, they cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls. They have a heart that exercise covetousness practices, cursed children. See, those, those uh, they have forsaken the right way. These right here. They have forsaken. This is what Paul or Peter talking about. They forsaken the right way. They've gone astray following the way of Balaam, the son of Esau, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. See, see, he's going on and on and on. I don't want to go through. I want to show you uh, the new covenant, how these people were rewarded. Now, let's go to uh, Matthew chapter 10 and verse 40. Let's back back to Matthew and we'll go right through. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 40. So we're going to look at Matthew 10 and 40 because if you look at your heading, it'll tell you reward for service. If you got a pretty decent Bible. Matthew 10 and 40. He that receiveth you. Now this is what he told his 12 disciples. He that receiveth you, receiveth me. And he that receiveth receiveth him that sent me. So he that receiveth me, Jesus says, he receiveth him that sent me. It's just like if you receive Christ, you receive who Christ sent. That's what he's talking about. He that receive a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet reward. And he that receive a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man reward. So these are rewards that they receive. So they, when he sent his disciples out, that's what they were doing. Verse 42, whosoever shall give to drink, you're going to see it, unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water only in the name of a disciple. See, those disciples sent out and told them, I'm Jesus' disciple. I need some water. And they said, Verily I say to you, he shall in no wise lose his reward. So everything they did for those disciples, they received rewards. Everybody understand that? Now that's not hard work in the church. All right, we're talking about how, he, how, they, how they did. All right, called a righteous man reward. All right, now let's go look at uh, Matthew chapter 6 right there. You're in Matthew, back up to chapter 6, verse 1. Give you a lot to read when you get home. Matthew 6 and verse 1. Take heed that you do, your, do not your arm before men. He's telling you how to operate. Do something. Take heed that you do not your arm before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father which is in heaven. So he's telling you when you do something, don't do something everybody see you. Therefore, when you do it thine arm, don't sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogue or in the street. They have their reward, that you may glory in men. Verily I say to you that they have their reward. But when you do it arm, let not your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that thy arm may be in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret, he's going to reward you openly. Now, he's not talking about you. Now, so let's go and see, did they get their rewards? That's what I want to show you right now. Let's go to the, uh, let's start the book of Revelation and back up. Uh, uh, let's start Revelation 6. We're going to ask them how long. Let's go to Revelation chapter 6. See, the book of Revelation is the finishing touch on everything about Israel. Everything happened to Israel and their finality, everything was the book of Revelation. So people will tell you right now, yeah, you know, in the book of Revelation, you have, there's nothing in the book of Revelation had anything to do with you. Zero. It's the record of Israel's final days in the earth for as a nation before they were taken up in Revelation chapter 7 as 144,000. All right, so here in Revelation chapter 6, uh, verse number 10, uh, they're going to ask the Lord how long. So here in verse number 10, uh, let's start with verse 9 because he's going to open up, we'll start opening up the seals. 
He says, and when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar. Now, these guys have been killed for the word of God. We know that because first person was put on the altar, I mean, on the island of Patmos. Revelation started out. John was put on the island of Patmos for the word of God. So anybody who kept on talking about Jesus in the name of Jesus, that's what was happening to them. They were killed. They were beheaded with a sword. All right. So here, when they had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. That testimony was Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And they cried with a loud voice, said, How long, O Lord, holding truth, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? On them that dwell on the earth? So the people were still there. And white robes were given unto them on every one of them. Remember, now they are in heaven waiting for the, the people who killed them to be judged, which was the Romans. And white robes were given unto every one of them, and it was said to them that they should rest for a little season, not 2,000 years, until their fellow servants, you think they did yet? Their fellow servants also and their brothers should be killed like they were. You think them other people did yet? should be fulfilled. See, we gonna, God going to deal with you when the rest of those people who Israel are going to be killed. All right. Now, let's, let's go to look at that's, that's, we, we go on, we, we go to Revelation chapter 11 now, verse 14, going step by step. Revelation chapter 11 and verse 14. Show you as much as I can. Revelation chapter 11 and verse 14. We're going to show you that now and your heading should be Christ will rule forever. All right, here we go. The second woe, we have Revelation chapter 11, verse 14. The second woe is past, and behold, the third, way, third woe cometh quickly. And the seventh angel sounded, and there was great voices in heaven saying, the kingdom of this world, this is what it says, the kingdom of this world are become, not, not going to become, are become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ and he shall reign forever and ever. The kingdom has become his. And the four and the twenty elders were set before God on their seat, fell upon their faces and worshiped God, saying, We give thanks, O Lord, God Almighty, which art and was and art to come, which thou hast taken to thee thy great power and has past tense reigned. And the nations, the twelve tribes of Israel, were angry. And thy wrath is come, not coming. His wrath is come. And the time of the dead. See, people get up there preaching, tell you, you know, the Thessalonians going to put him in the ground, and the Lord going to come, and we'll meet the Lord in the air. See, all that's happened. That was Thessalonians. All right. And the nations were angry, and thy Wrath has come in the time of the dead that they should be judged. And that thou should give reward. So you know reward now? Unto thy servants, the prophets. And to the saints. That's not you. And them that fear thy name small and great. And should destroy them which destroy the earth. Or destroy Israel. And the temple of God was open. I'm not going to read that one. I just want to show it to you. All right, now that's, that's Hebrew chapter, Revelation 11, 14 through 18. Let's go on to Revelation now, uh, 22. Uh, I need to stop at 16 too, I think. I, don't, I think I skipped that one. Let me see. No, I won't do that now. Revelation chapter 22. Now, I got to stop at chapter 20. That's what it is. Revelation 20 and verse 11. I saw. Now, all of this is what they saw. They're not, they, not, the book of Revelation is not about what he thinks. He tells you what he saw. Verse 11. I saw a great white throne and him that sat up on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled. And there were found no place for them. I saw the dead. Small and great stand before God. He's not guessing. This is what John told you he saw. 
small and great stand before God, and then the books was open. You're not judged out of no book. There's no condemnation. You're in Christ. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. You're not in a book of life. You're in a person. All right. And the dead was judged. Out of those things which was written in the book, watch this, according to their works. I'm coming back to this camera. Do you see according to their works? You who saying something, say it loud to be able to help all the other ones out. You know how that go. How would they judge? How would they judge? So that means you're not going to be judged. God not judging you according to your works. You're not saved by works. You ought to do good works because you're saved. All right. I'm going to show you when I get to what I'm teaching, you just cheat. Stingy. You're not going to have to go to hell for it. All right, here we go. Revelation chapter 20. Y'all still love me, right? I'm honest. I'm going to tell you the truth. Either you're a cheerful giver or you're stingy. <laughs> Ain't no other side. All right, verse 11. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat upon his throne who faced the earth and the heavens fled away and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books was opened and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead was judged out of those things which was written in the books according to their works. Say that with me. According to their works that came be you. And the sea gave up the dead which was in it Death and hell delivered up the dead within them, and they will judge every man again according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. There is no more place for the dead. There is no place for hell. Both of that hell and death is in a lake of fire now. That's where people go when they die, and they are put into the lake of fire. This is called the second death. And whosoever was not found written in a book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Well, no more going to hell. They took, he took hell and put it in the lake of fire. So you like to be in the lake of fire, you just keep on not wanting Jesus Christ as your Lord, not believing his death, death, and resurrection. That would be where you would stay. Souls are put in the lake of fire. I, I think I got a great picture. If you ever look at our children's church, there's a picture. I'm going to get it one day. And uh, Minister Hayes is going to do it for me, going to show it one day. And, and it has a big screen showing you how people are going across the cross, but they're going to fall into the lake of fire. That's the biggest, best one I've ever seen yet. All right. But we know you're not going there, so I don't need to be showing it to you. All right. Don't go to that place. You don't want to go to that place. Somebody said, don't go to that place. All right. Now. With that in mind, I need to go show you the works because that's what I'm showing you right now. Let's go to Matthew 16. I got a good 10 minutes, boy. Matthew chapter 16. See, if you look at the word and put down these scriptures I'm giving you, you will see. See, Jesus is not coming back for you. The Bible told you in the book of Hebrews, uh, eternal judgment has already passed. And yet people don't want to believe. Let me show it to you before you go there. Hebrews chapter 6. Let me show it to you. See, eternal judgment happened to the Jews believer when Matthew 25, that was eternal judgment. You ever read your book, you'll see it. It'll say eternal judgment. We'll continue to teach that we taught this morning, sowing and reaping. All right, part two. All right. Hebrew chapter six. Hebrew chapter 6, I'm talking about sowing and reaping. Isn't that right? Amen. Write me a note. Hebrew chapter 6, verse 1. And verse 1, Hebrew chapter 6. Therefore leaving, are you there? Therefore leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. Say it with me. Therefore Amen. leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. Let us go on to perfection. Not land again. The, found, the, found, the foundation of, of repentance. 
Oh, I don't have that much time. That's what you're telling me. Okay. The foundation of repentance of dead works, faith towards God. Don't lay that again. Doctrine of baptisms. See, all that's the old foundation. Laying on a hand, talking about to receive the Holy Spirit. The resurrection of the dead already happened when Jesus returned. To Israel, the resurrection of the dead. Revelation chapter 7 told you that it was the 144,000. Also, when Jesus rose from the dead, people got out the ground in Matthew chapter number 27, verse 50, and they went into the city of Jerusalem. See, people don't want to believe what the Bible. They, they, they want to be able to, I, I say it like this here, they play on the emotions of people because they don't know. And you fall for it. It stops you from crying. All right. And the last one, want to make sure you see it, put it on the screen. Verse 2, eternal judgment. I want to make sure you see it. He said, laying again, therefore leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. Those was the teachings of Christ. Leave these. And the last one was eternal judgment that the Lord told you would happen. But it was for Israel, not you. All right. Now let's go show you two of the new covenant because I'm out of time. I, I cut my time down to about two minutes now, I reckon. I, reckon, I don't know how much I got. I'm going to say two minutes. All right. Let's go look at a couple in the new covenant. Oh, Lord. Romans 14. I got to find them now. Uh, let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. That, let's start there. We got one right there. Must be a crappist. Some of y'all don't know what crappist is. If you did, you'd laugh. It's a fish story. You know, I got one right there. Must be a crappist. All right. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We had a guy preach at our church one time. He says, People believe everything you say, Pastor. All you do is say it real fast. He said, one time I was preaching to a man's church. Some of y'all was here. How I many you know what I'm talking about? He said, you left the beans on. How many of that? You left the beans. He said, people ain't heard none of you that I said. He said, I get ready to close out. I'm going to like the beans on. You left the beans on. They were looking at me. Preach it, Reverend. I'm letting the person know he left the beans on. All right. Here we go. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Now, this is the same people. If you don't get this straight, you think he's talking about you. And verse 9 and 10, just two verses. 2 Corinthians 5, 9 and 10. Here it is. Wherefore we label, you ought to know that's not you, whether we present or after, we may be accepted of him, that we might be accepted of him. Now, you already know you're accepted of him, right? Because if you read Ephesians chapter 1, we've been accepted in the beloved, right? Right. And then here it is in verse 10, says, for we must all... We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Say that with me. We must all, we must all appear. appear. Oh, Reggie was putting behind me what I wanted. Why didn't y'all tell me? <laughs> Love one another. Huh? Not one of you told me. Not one. All somebody had to do was say, You left the beans on, okay, no, sir. <laughs> All right, that's my sign. See, when I said that, I didn't know he heard me. All right, there you go. There, that's the sign, right? See how that's, that's the lake of fire. Everybody who, the cross is the only thing can go over, see? That's an awesome thing. All them people leaving, but they're going over on the cross. Long time on the cross, they made it. Come on, clap your hand. That's, this ain't no game. You don't want to be the one going down. See the one going down? That's Broadway. He told you there was, the, the, the was two ways, remember? Broadway and what else? The narrow way. That's the cross. Now, that's an awesome thing. My job is to tell you, man, I, all this other stuff about giving me high fives and while I'm preaching, I don't really need them. I want to make sure you go be with the Lord, absent from the body to be present with the Lord. That's what I want to make sure happens. All right. Thank you, Minister Hayes. I missed that. Now I still got three minutes. Praise the Lord. All right. Romans chapter number. Let's go to Romans chapter. I'm sorry. 2 Corinthians. I'm sorry. 2 Corinthians 5, 
verse 10. Now watch what it says. See, people used to tell me this verse I'm going on. He said, man, listen what the Lord, look what the Bible said, man. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. I'm going like, that ain't fair. You give me grace, then I got to go before a judgment seat. What was the judgment seat for? For their rewards. Remember, they were going to be rewarded of eternal life or they're going to be rewarded of eternal damnation. He's going to say to the goats, and into eternal fire. Remember I gave that in Matthew 25? Y'all did write that in your Bible, didn't you? All right, then I gave you that, that was the sheep on one side. He said, come into the kingdom, right? Come into the joy of the Lord. How many know what I'm talking about? It's like, all right. I'm not going to put you on the camera, man, okay? We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that, we, that every one of us may receive the things done in our body. And so the first thing people say, man, all the stuff I've done in my body. You're not talking to you. According to that he has done, whether it be good or bad. See, that's, that's what he's talking about. If you did good, you're not getting in the, into God's kingdom because you did good. That's what I gave you why you got to go back and read Matthew chapter 25, verse 31, all the way to the end. See, I would do it, Pastor. All right, some of y'all looked the other way, just like, praise the Lord. All right, let me show you one more. Romans 14, 9. My job is to show you. Romans 14. I wish I had somebody tell me this when I was growing up. Man, that had me scared to death. I mean, to life. Romans chapter 14, verse 9. I didn't know what I had done. I'm going, to, how can I do all that and still go to hell? Why do I need to be before a judgment seat to, to get a reward? I thought salvation was free. See, if you don't get that, boy, it's, salvation is free. You're not rewarded. You're only rewarded for your labor, your works. All right. Romans 14, verse 9, we get ready to down. Here we go. For so this end Christ both died and rose and revived that he might be both the Lord of the dead and the living. By what, but, I'm sorry, but why dost thou judge thy brother? See, these are to the Jewish believers. Why do you judge your brother? Why do you set at naught your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. You already notice the judgment seat of Christ? Right, because he's the one coming back. When you read Daniel chapter number 9, chapter 7, you will see the judgment seat. All right? Uh, that's Daniel chapter number 7, verse 9. Okay? That's the judgment seat. All right? He said, For it's written, As I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. Then every one of us shall give an account to himself to God. That's why we do not be saved by our confession. All right? Go to Daniel chapter 7. Quickly, quickly, quickly. I won't be able to finish this. Just want to show you with you. Daniel chapter 7. Did you learn anything today? Uh, now I get some more amen. Praise the Lord. As long as I get some people learning some stuff. All right. Let's go to verse 9. Daniel chapter 7, verse 9. Come to this camera, closing out. Daniel chapter 7, verse 9. And I beheld till the thrones were cast down, and the Ancient of Days did sit, whose garment was white as snow, and the hairs of his head were like pure wool. His stone was like the fiery flame and his wheels as burning fire. That's what Ezekiel says, like a, fire, like a wheel in a miserable wheel. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Thousands and thousands ministered unto him. Ten thousand times, ten thousand stood before him. And watch this, the judgment was set and the books was opened. I beheld because the voice of the great words which the horn spake, and I beheld even to the beast was slain, that Satan, and his body destroyed and given to the burning fire. He was cast into hell. As concerning the rest of the beasts, they had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and time. I saw in the night vision, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven, and he came with the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him, and there were given to him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all the people and nations and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall never pass away, and his kingdom that which never be destroyed. Come on, stand up on our feet.
Don't let nobody fool you. Jesus is Lord right now. He's both Lord and Christ. Ain't no such thing as his kingdom being destroyed. His kingdom, nobody would ever take it away. And you are in that kingdom. As a matter of fact, you are that kingdom. Give the Lord a great big hand. Come on, clap your hand. You got a lot of, you got a lot of reading, you get home. Come on, see, I got a lot of reading, I get home. When you get home, go back over what I've taught you. Be like the Berean Christians. When they got to home, they went over what God had, I'm sorry, God had taught them. Let's go look at it. Thank you. Praise the Lord. First Corinthians chapter 15. Thank you, Lord Jesus. First Corinthians 15. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you have received, and where you stand by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preach to you unless you have believed in vain. I determined, I'm, I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how Christ died for our sin. How did he die? He died on the cross. He died on the cross, man. They crucified him. That's how he died. And how he died for our sins, according to the scripture. And then he was buried, and the Bible said they rose again the third day, according to the scripture. Christ suffered and died and bled. Listen, they slaughtered him like a lamb led to the slaughter. And he didn't open his mouth. See, a lamb, you can hold him in your hand and cut his throat. And all he would do is move because you killed him. He would not try to jump at your arm. That's how Jesus was, the lamb led to the slaughter. But he did that because he had to willingly, voluntarily lay his life down so you could have eternal life. So, Father, we thank you now for giving us your son, giving us the blood of your sons, giving us eternal life. And all you ask us to do is live for you. My time is up. I thank you for yours. And the door of faith is open unto you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.